Chapel. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lowell Jackson. We call this time together fellowship because we're hoping that we're open to the Lord flowing his wonderful, renewing, refreshing life uh, to us and through us. As it says in the New Testament, we were in the fellowship of the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and we're in fellowship with one another. That song that you just heard is such a boost to me because, of course, it comes right out of the Word. But that's a group of college kids gathered around the piano and the guitars just singing that verse of Scripture. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let me ask you a question. What's the difference between happiness and joy. Do you think uh, we Christians get a little um, maybe sloppy and uh, intermingle them or don't distinguish them? Is there a difference? What, what is happiness? And what is joy? Um, let me hazard a guess. See how you feel about it. See if the Lord registers something uh, with you about it. Happiness, uh, I believe, is situational. We're happy about something because kind of things are going right. If things aren't going right, then we're not so happy. You know, the mood, fickle emotions, as we've been talking this week about that aspect of our soul, the psychological part. So fickle, the feelings, the emotions. But joy is something that is much deeper, and the pun is intended, because I believe happiness is at the soul level, that middle circle we've been talking about this week. And I believe that joy is deeper in the central part of our being having to do with the Lord as our source. And we learn to... Whatever the mood, whatever the situation, whatever the condition, whatever the problem, whatever the thing that just went right is, that we can go deeper and experience something called joy, which is much more satisfying. Um, you know, I've shared with you several times that I wandered in the wilderness of psychology for many years and found it uh, kind of frustrating and not very many practical answers. But did you ever consider what it would be like to have the Lord himself, who's described in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, now as the life-giving spirit, what would it be like to have the Lord as your psychologist, your counselor? Does it get any better than that? Well, I'm not... Um, Imagining this, let me give you a verse that you may not have noticed before. Um, comes from First Peter, who certainly had his, uh, you know, wild emotions and temper tantrums and unhappy spurts and outbursts of temper and all kinds of things. But he certainly matured as he grew in his enjoyment and experience of the resurrected Christ. But Peter says in his first epistle, chapter two, verse twenty-five, "For you were." like sheep being led astray. Hmm. Is that a pretty good definition of you and I? You know, sheep taking the wrong direction. But you have now returned. What do you think is going to be next? 
You have now returned. Peter says, you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Did you realize the Lord already knew that you and I need an overseer? Our soul, our, our, our psychological aspect, the mind, it's so wild and unpredictable and gallops off. Our emotions that are so fickle, too. And then our will, where we make many times poor choices. The Lord knew that our soul needs oversight, needs supervision, needs direction, uh, even needs uh, shepherding. And the Lord here in his word is described as the shepherd and the overseer of your soul. Have you ever thought to ask the Lord to do that? Just to say, Lord, I'm open right now for you to come in and oversee, supervise my soul. Uh, in Psalm 16, verse 5, the psalmist said, Jehovah is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. Um, Again, once again, that's another verse we haven't explored this week that just shows that we are a vessel, a container, to have uh, the Lord as our content. Uh, we uh, touched last night at Tallahassee Christian College in the very first session of uh, becoming a whole person. And by the way, before I forget it, we had one seat vacant last night. And if you want that seat, we'll, we'll get you caught up because we're going to go uh, into early December every Thursday night. If you want that last seat, uh, get online and uh, ask for it. Just put your name down. You can get online at tcctc.org, tcctc.org, and the name of this class is uh, Becoming a Whole Person. But uh, let's see, I interrupted myself, didn't I? We were on, the, I think, a good track here. Uh, Paul uh, said to his faithful young disciple, Timothy, in chapter 221, uh, if therefore anyone cleanses himself from these, now why would you think you and I need cleansing? The same reason you probably use a dishwasher at your house quite often. Don't you want the containers clean? Before you fill them, maybe the similar concept here. If you, therefore, cleanse yourself from these, he will be, meaning you and I, you and I will be a vessel unto honor. A vessel unto honor. Sanctified. Useful to the master. Prepared for every good work. Um, the Lord wants us to be uh, his vessel, to um, be uh, the content of our, our living, to have his feelings, his thoughts, uh, make his choices, us even to represent him. Didn't we uh, read this week? Uh, we certainly enjoyed it last night in the class, that guiding key verse, I believe one of the key verses in the entire Bible Genesis 126, when that council of the triune God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God had something in mind when it came to that final part of creation. Did you know if God had stopped before he got to man? 
I don't think creation would have made any sense. It, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have worked. But creation needed God's representation. Needs, needed God's uh, faithful ambassadors to uh, take care of what he'd done, to represent him, carry things out as he wanted done. But again, man is a vessel. Let me give you another verse. Romans 9.23 shows God's intent, God's purpose. And the verse starts with, in order that. Doesn't that indicate purpose? Doesn't that indicate direction? In order that he, meaning God, might make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy. Vessels of mercy. You know, brothers and sisters, we're not deserving vessels. We're vessels of mercy. A very mature Christian brother told me one time, said, you know, at the end of the day, it's all God's mercy. It's all God's mercy. Let me finish the verse. He wants to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy, which he had before prepared unto glory. And, of course, this verse is telling us that God has prepared us in our, in our initial creation, even though we fell. He's regenerated us, started the comeback, started the recovery. Uh, he wants us to be vessels of glory, which means, of course, glory just means God expressed. When God is expressed, it's glory. It's glorious. And that's what he wants us to be. Take these vessels of mercy that certainly did not perform, deserve, measure up to, but it's just God's mercy. He has an intent, a goal, a purpose. Uh, I, well, I just like that. I hope you like it. As my grandpappy used to say, boy, if, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. So uh, I hope you enjoy that. Um, because we are called to a very high calling, a very, very high purpose. Um, We're going to take a, a short break, um, and I want you to uh, be ready for a couple of things later on in the program. Just because we love Wave, and hopefully Wave loves us, we're going to give you a, a lot of uh, good ideas and free resources that you can order over the weekend, because you'll probably have more time for your Christian life. So get something ready to write down. I want to give you some websites where you can order some free uh, resources for your Christian journey. Uh, we're also going to have an interview when we come back, meet another believer in uh, Tallahassee and find out uh, how the Lord is operating through this, this dear one. So stay with us. Doug Apple will bring us right back. This only I wish to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit out of the works of the law or out of the hearing of faith? Galatians chapter 3, verse 2. When the believers believe into Christ, they receive the Spirit. 
At the time of regeneration, we believed into Christ, and we also received the Spirit and were sealed with the Spirit. At that very moment, an organic union took place. We were grafted into the triune God. After this, receiving the Spirit is a lifelong, continuous matter. God is supplying the Spirit to us continuously. Scripture and Commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version, published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit recoveryversion.org. My name is Mary. I am assistant professor at Florida State University. I enjoy teaching and research on campus. As a researcher, I have many discoveries. But the biggest discovery is the fact that I have a human spirit. Whenever I call, Oh Lord Jesus, I get the response of this wonderful person, the eternal God, right in my spirit. I am happy living in the presence of the Lord. I invite you to experience this unspeakable joy by calling on Him from deep within your spirit and your heart. Doug Apple, uh, we are back uh, together here for more fellowship. This is Lowell Jackson, and we call this program by a simple word, fellowship, where we're enjoying uh, what should be very unique to believers. This is a Christian word, and uh, we, we need to reclaim it as believers right out of the New Testament that there's a, there's a flow of life between God and his people and God and his people to one another. Our guest today is... Michael Drain, highly recommended, by the way, Michael, by our friends over at uh, TCC, Tallahassee Christian College, that I think you uh, know well. So welcome to our Thank time. You. This time is courtesy of, of Doug, who uh, helps us so much and, and recommended it. Michael, how about uh, just giving us the two-minute version of your life story so we can uh, see how from where the Lord's brought you to where you are now. Okay. I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, grew up. Uh, raised in the Catholic Church. I'm the youngest of five siblings, raised by my grandmother. Uh, grew up, I'm going to start, add a little fact that I grew up next door to a family and I knew a little redheaded girl next door. I remember her as a five year old on a tricycle, redhead flying, red hair or flying. And after high school, I went to the Army, came back, went to Millsaps College. Then worked in uh, computers and in a local business there for 15 years. And somewhere along the way, I had kind of, I never gotten married. I just wasn't, didn't find, really, I did not find anyone I think could put up with me. Well, one day I was talking to my neighbor, and he told me that my little friend, who was nine years younger than I was, was, uh, not dating anyone at the time. I said, well, I'll take her out. I'll see what she's like. I had no intention of going out more than once. And I came home confused. I'd had a good time. So 15, 18 months later, I was uh, still dating her. 
and seriously considering living my life with her, but I realized she was a strong believer, and I wasn't. So I started reading the Bible. We'd gone to church. We'd gone. She was a strong believer, went to a good Bible preaching church. And I started reading the Bible every day, reading Psalms and the Gospels and letting it speak to me, which it did. The Lord honors that when you listen to his word. Mm-hmm. And after about a year of doing that, it came to me. I was struggling with whether God existed, whether the Bible was right. And I was riding in my car and I said, Jesus, help me. And a peace That's a came prayer. over. That's a powerful <laughs> prayer. Peace came over me, and I knew right then I was saved. Wow. And I have served and loved the Lord Jesus ever since, mm-hmm. read my Bible every day ever since, mm-hmm. married the little redheaded girl. I thought, Michael, you were setting us up when you said about the five year old redhead, you know. <laughs> I married so the girl next door. It all comes back it around. It all comes back around. Yes, it does. And bless her heart. Uh, we raised two wonderful kids, mm-hmm. moved to Tallahassee in 1987, uh, and bless her soul, she went to be with the Lord in March of this year. So, wow. uh, And how long were you? You'd... 37 years. 37, 37 years. wonderful that's, years. That's a good run. Wow. So, Isn't the Lord good? He met your need, right? The Lord is good. He <laughs> provided for me and walked with me through all of it. Wow. I love that story. Well, Michael, what, what is your uh, connection, relationship, experience, whatever, with Tallahassee Christian College and Training Center? Well, it's it's interesting because I didn't. I'm not the one that started with Tallahassee Christian College and Training Center. My wife did. Mm-hmm. She wanted to take some courses there and got interested. And decided to pursue her master's for biblical studies, and she was taking various courses. And she'd come home after a class and say, "We had this discussion about this verse and." You know, the, this is what was said, and I, you know, and I pulled out my Bible and looked it up and said, well, yeah, and here's what these footnotes say, and then we'd pull out another translation and say, well, this translation says, and that was really enjoyable, and this happened several weeks in a row, and I got to the point and said, this is fun, I want to go do this, so I started taking courses, and uh, I'm still in the middle of I haven't finished a degree yet. I'm pursuing a master's there, but I haven't finished, and I hopefully I will. But that was where I got involved and took several courses with her, and it was it has been a great help to me to understand God's Word better through the teaching at the college. And their whole view is to, what does the Bible say about that? A question will come up in class, mm-hmm. and the teacher will say, well, let's see what the Bible says about that. And it's, it's a wonderful way to approach any question of thought or discussion. Well, I, I tell my good friends over at Tallahassee Christian College, I said, you know, folks may think you've got to be 18 or 19 year old, years old want to go to college and uh, get a degree or something. But maybe they don't know that if you just see something in the offerings that, uh, that are coming up in the next term, you can say, hey, I think that's just what I enjoy doing uh, for whatever period of time that course is offered. So uh, when you started, would you have any intention of uh, uh, getting a degree, or you just uh, said, I think this tastes good, and I want more of it? I started saying, this tastes good, I want more (laughs) of it. Uh, I took one course and then another one, and then I began to see, yes, I can probably finish a degree, and that's what I'm working toward. But they do have opportunities if you just want to look at one subject. Mm-hmm. They have one-day seminars, half-day seminars. They have uh, five-week courses, you know, one 
class a week. So there are many options depending on what level you want to get involved in. Mm-hmm. And, and one level is just to just take a class, right? To I think take a class a lot of us, is a good start. I know when I was probably you and you were applying to go to college, it was a complicated thing with a lot of paperwork. But that's not the case at TCC. You can just say, hey, I want to take this course. And boom, they just want the minimum information, and uh, you, you are in. They're uh, easy to work with, right? They're very easy to work with. You can take the course for credit if you're seeking a degree like I am, or you can audit the course and just uh, take it for information and for what you want to learn and what you get out of it. You bring up a good point, Michael. I think last night in our first session of uh, becoming a whole person, um, about Two-thirds, let's see, I think that's about right, around two-thirds of the class were just taking it for their own enjoyment, their own interest, and their own benefit. They weren't really pursuing some kind of degree. They just heard about a course that uh, say, I think I'd like to dig into this, and that's what we'd, we're doing. And that's a great way to get started. It's a great way to uh, get information and enrichment for your life and your walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Or if you're specifically wanting a uh, something to to study. They have uh, tracks you can take for for pastors, for uh, people who work at the church, for lay people who just you know want to enrich their life more as a teacher, Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. There are many options. Do you remember some of the classes you've had so far? Uh, okay, Old Testament survey uh-huh. of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. uh, Revelations, uh, missions, where we went over all different. Ways missions are done, the history of mission, church history. Um, wow, that's and, and and several others. They're just mm-hmm. you know uh, off the top of my head. I'm yeah, not coming up with a lot of them, variety, huh? A lot of variety. Um, and are you, are you taking anything this particular term? I finished a five uh, week course, and I'm looking at one for. Uh, there's another one coming up that I'm looking at and I have to look it up. No problem. No problem. Well, the um, uh, Paul's uh, epistle to the Romans is coming up in November mm-hmm. and I'm looking at taking that when it's a uh, um, five week course. I know the is, teacher for that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Kent Young. <laughs> yes. Well, very good. Michael, um, how do you know when you've had a life partner, like you had for, you said, 37 years? 37 years, years yes. Uh, and you even uh, knew her, you know, years before that. Uh, that That's obviously a, a crossroads in one's life that you, you, you've never been to that intersection before. It, it's, it's got to be a huge adjustment to go from a 37-year life partner to, to what you're moving on in the next chapter with you know can you give us any help with uh, how 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 you experienced that and how you kind of got through it you know i talked earlier about the lord and peter saying i want to shepherd oversee your soul and there are times when our soul is just sorrowful well this is this is a time when definitely and i understand i think psalm 23 better when you walk through that valley, the Lord is with you. Mm-hmm. And the word is, is present tense. That means right now, always. Mm-hmm. So the Lord has walked with me through this valley. Wow. And 
I couldn't have done it without him. I don't know how people who do not know the Lord and haven't mm-hmm. read the Bible and understand his promises mm-hmm. and can receive his strength mm-hmm. when you're struggling with it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand how they do it, but it's been a help to me. Well, I was struggling a little bit at the beginning of the program trying to def- define the difference between happiness and joy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you're helping me a little bit because I, I would you, you like certainly to. weren't happy, but I think that the Lord was probably giving you kind of an inexplicable joy that your life partner was fine. My nowhere Ann is. She's mm-hmm. happy. She's praising the Lord. Mm-hmm. She's she's well. And I'm still here. The Lord obviously has something for me to still do because he hasn't called me home yet. Mm-hmm. And I want to live, and I want to go on with my life, and that's what I'm doing. And what has helped me besides walking with the Lord is talking to other people who have been down this path. And that has been a great help to me. What kind of help are you getting from them? What, what do they say about how they handle that transition? Uh, a lot of the same thing. We, one thing we can do is we can talk about things that we are experiencing, Mm-hmm. Sometimes people who haven't been down this road don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm talking to you about something and something is said and I just break down in tears all of a sudden, you might not understand how to handle it. Mm-hmm. But someone who's been down this road would know and would understand to just listen and accept. And I had an experience with my first cousin who was calling me regularly. It was a wonderful help to me. But she said something that just brought tears to my eyes. And she got kind of upset because she thought she had upset me. Well, no, this is part of the grieving process. It's normal. It's okay when you're going through this to all of a sudden kind of break down in tears sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it it happens. It's part of the grief. You get over it and you go on. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, there's probably no way you can prepare for uh, something that uh, traumatic in your life. But uh, like you said, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to make one suggestion here. Please. Read the Bible every day. (laughs) Be infused with God's Word. Amen. He will use that to call up verses and memorize Scripture. Mm -hmm. That's something else I've done Mm -hmm. that's helped me a lot. He will use... The, what you've read and what you've memorized to call up in your mind when you need it. Well, you know, I read a verse earlier about uh, Jehovah being our portion, uh, that God has uh, measured himself out to his people, just like the his people in the Old Testament, you know, we're going to claim their, their lot, their portion of the good land. Well, of course, that is a, uh, a picture of, but it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it refers to the God of measure has apportioned to us. The God of measure has apportioned to us. And when you mentioned, Michael, um, about getting help, advice, uh, consolation, encouragement, you know, from other believers who've uh, been there and gone through that valley, it made me think of... Uh, some verses in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that talks about uh, when believers get together, each one has. Uh, each one has uh, a, a portion, uh, inheritance. Each one has uh, an, an enjoyment and experience of Christ. 
But what unfortunately happens a lot of times is that we let the culture shut us up or we just sit in the pew and, and, and don't ever get a chance to release that to other members of the body of Christ. And, um, and it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 where it says, Each one has, let all things be done for building up. And it says there that if we will share our portion, share our experience, share our enjoyment of Christ, that each one will learn and each one will be encouraged. It's that very thing that's helped me walk through this, that very sharing of what I've gone through, what I'm feeling, and what other people have gone through and what they're feeling. And their understanding of where I am has been a great encouragement to me. Mm -hmm. And to realize people who are 10 years down the road still feel some of the things I feel, but it's okay. It's getting better. Mm -hmm. I can handle it better now. Mm -hmm. But talking to the people who have been down this road, who are willing to share these experiences and these feelings they've had mm -hmm. and what the Lord has helped them do has mm -hmm. helped me a great deal. You know, this view that the New Testament has of us uh, is just so amazing to me that we are called the body of Christ, an organism. And each member has a special, unique function in the body. As long as we're cooperating, you know, this little pinky right here, he doesn't look so significant. Uh, but he, he's, he's got some things he can do, you know. If my ear and my pinky could talk, you know, they would probably say, you're, you got a weird shape, you know. <laughs> wow, you got all kinds of folds and you're sticking out of the side of the head. And, but I'm glad they can't talk to one another. But you know what? When the ear's got a little, yeah, got some agitation or tickling going on, it needs that, uh, that, that pinky. Yes. But, you know, the amazing thing to me is they both, even though they look so different and have such different functions, my pinky could never listen. Uh, but they have the same life, the same genes, the same nature. And uh, the key is that they're... Every member of our body is getting that moment-by-moment -moment instant supply, and uh, there's no confusion of function, no confusion of role. Why? Because they all have the same head. You know, our, our knee has the same head as our elbow does, and as long as we are under this wonderful head that we have, our Lord Jesus, uh, it, it works. And following his lead and listening to his spirit, which we have because we believe and accepted Jesus as our Savior. Mm -hmm. And he will show us our function and lead us in that direction that we need to go. And will teach me, the pinky, how to help and work with the ear when mm -hmm. it needs help. Mm -hmm. Or the, the, the hand to work with the back when it needs scratching. <laughs> uh, whatever the example is, uh, the body as the body of believers is a wonderful example. Because yes. we are so different. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I could sit here and discuss our differences, and we talked about where we went to school and things before the program, and we have different backgrounds, and we certainly are doing different things in life. Mm -hmm. But we both have a function, and the Lord has led us into our life, and there are things that He has planned for us to do from the before we were born, because in Psalm 139, it talks about, while I was being formed in the womb, you beheld me, and in your book that were written, all the days of my life. God has a plan for me in my life. And I don't need to worry about it. I need to just seek it out. 
and listen to his leading yes. to do the, the things he has for me to do. Where was that again? Psalm, what was that? Psalm 139. Isn't that amazing? It reminds me of uh, Jeremiah. Uh, I think it's Jeremiah where the Lord said, before uh, you were born, I knew you. Mm-hmm. Yes, he, he did. He chose Jeremiah and had him a plan for his life to be the prophet. Before you were born, before I knew you. Were you were born, correct. That, that's an early uh, getting acquainted, isn't it? Yes, it is. What a, what a designer. What a planner. He knew us before we were born, and he created me anyway, and that's amazing to me. Yes. Uh, one of my desires this weekend in all of our fellowship is just to see how purposeful our God is, you know? This is not just a random thing going on around us, and uh, who knows what the end's going to be. That's not the case at all. The Scripture shows us the, the end, the consummation from the beginning. And we can see that our God is very purposeful. What a designer he is. Uh, what an usher he is. What uh, We read one verse this week where he said, I am the fountain of life. You know, what a refreshing uh, thought that is, that the Lord just wants us to open up to him. And to and, know. And his, just to enjoy him in the moment. And to know his love, his grace, and his mercy and forgiveness are everlasting. And they are new every morning. New every morning. Isn't that good? That is real <laughs> encouraging to me. <laughs> new every morning. Um, this is uh, very enjoyable for me, Michael. Um, the, 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 the Lord, is, it seems to me, is recovering some of the things that we're talking about, of experiencing the Christ that's in one another and benefiting from the experiences that uh, each of us has and uh, sharing that with the body. You know, there's a gift uh, that's described in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that uh, is pretty absent in most believers' experience or understanding, and it's, it's the gift of prophesying. And most Christians think that prophesying, I think, is like the Old Testament version where you're going to predict the future. Uh, and that is certainly was a valid function among God's people that he many times wanted people to know what was going to happen in the future. But the prophesying that the apostles talk about, uh, especially in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 where, where the apostle was trying to get the, the um, off-the-mark Corinthians back into uh, shape and proceeding on, he talks about this, what, what you're calling it, and prophesying in, in the context of 1 Corinthians 14 is just speaking for the Lord and speaking forth the Lord uh, and giving the Lord a way to once again speak on earth. Um, he, he says um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 31, for you can all prophesy. Now remember, we're not talking about predicting things. So even if there was some predicting still going on among Christians, it wouldn't be everybody. So that's certainly not what it's talking about. You can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And even uh, this is not a new concept in the, um, in the New Testament. Even in, uh, back in Numbers, um, Moses told God's people, uh, Jehovah wanted them all to be prophets. He wanted them all to speak for God, to speak forth God. 
they had just lost the view, lost the practice. So God had to call out a special class of people uh, to do it. But Paul, in trying to recover this in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, says, earnestly die. Well, let me be, start at the beginning of the verse. He says, pursue love, which you pointed out so well. We need to have this love for the Lord and this love for one another. So it, it does need to be pursued chased it doesn't just fall on us you know we got to look look for it but he says pursue love and desire earnestly spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy he who prophesies speaks for building up for encouragement and for consolation to men um, and he says you know if an unbeliever comes to uh, a meeting like this uh, the unbeliever is going to look around and say Hmm, God is really among you. God is really among you. The, the unbeliever often says, you have something I don't. I mm -hmm. want it. You yes. Know? And well, that's the God in us that I mm -hmm. think they see. And it's the having God's Word in you and the Holy Spirit using it to speak. And I love the fact, as it says there, that in that way we are prophesying. Mm -hmm. When we... Or sharing a verse and what it's meant to us and how it's helped us. Yes. It's like prophesying. It is. It's that is prophesying. how yes. the Word and the God has worked in me mm -hmm. to help me, but it's also sharing it, and I hope someone else can pick up on this and use the same thoughts and information, and it will help them. Exactly. And, and Michael, who in Tallahassee is going to speak for the Lord and speak forth the Lord and give the Lord an instant speaking, an instant representation, if it's not his own people. It, it just, pardon my Georgia English, it just ain't going to happen, okay? Unless it's us, right? It, it, it is us. It is we, okay? So uh, the Lord's people do need to uh, rise up and uh, say, Lord, I'm going to let you use my mouth and use my experience, even if it's quite limited, we, th we think it's limited, but I think that's actually a lie of the enemy to say, you know, your, your portion, not so impressive. Your, your portion doesn't matter. Nobody really be interested. I well, think we fall for that. Well, what's interesting is we each have a unique place and different places we go that no one else goes. Like in my workplace, there are probably people there who may not get contacted another way or in your going through your life and your situations just living your life as a Christian mm -hmm. and expressing joy because the Lord has given you great joy because he's, he's good to you. Mm -hmm. People see that, and they respond to it. They do. You know, I had an experience uh, recently where uh, we met uh, one of our neighbors, uh, taking far too long. They were over on, the, on a different cul-de-sac, even though we were probably only a few hundred yards apart on a different cul-de-sac had all of the appearances of uh, American success. You know, seven-digit home, uh, three or four new, very, very expensive cars. A uh, neighbor is a physician, and uh, wife's a dentist. And you say, wow, that's the American success story. And we, we, we got acquainted and invited one another over. And then and we started just reading a little bit of the Bible together around the kitchen table. Not not such a big production, you know. Just let's just get out the Bible and read it a little bit. But then the wife said something very interesting to me. 
that I would have never guessed because I probably listened to the lying one too much instead of being a faithful ambassador. She said, and she's middle age. She said, all my life, all my life, I've wanted somebody to help me understand the Bible. And I just wonder how many people in Crawfordville and Tallahassee just wish that somebody would uh, talk to them, speak to them something of reality, something of truth, something that's different from all the vanity that uh, is surrounding us and trying to pull us into stuff that's going to all go up and smoke, you know? Yeah, the, the people are hungry for the truth. And sometimes they don't even realize that's what they're hungry for because they're, we are all created with a God-sized hole in us. Yes. And we all spend our lives trying to fill it, sometimes mm. with money, sometimes with success, sometimes with all kinds of different things. And the only thing that will really satisfy that hole is knowing the Lord, knowing Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that's why people, when they see us happy and joyful in the middle of the valley— they want to know what we have. How do we some do that? that? <laughs> Give me some of that. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Michael, where were you last night in our first class? That's exactly what we talked about, right? <laughs> we just talked about, you know, that we are made to be, and it's all the way through the Bible, that, that word vessel. Uh, and a vessel is just made for filling. And it's only worth the contents. And even Paul says, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Just a, a dirt container. <laughs> but our merciful God, what has he chosen to do? He has chosen to put the treasure of the universe, him, his very self, into us as the spirit that uh, we can uh, know him in every moment. Well, let's. How do we put Doug Apple to work here? He's probably going to find those knobs over there pretty quickly with his uh, talented fingers. We'll take a short break and uh, come back and uh, finish up a little bit. Okay, Michael. Sounds good. Okay. He, therefore, who bountifully supplies to you the Spirit and does works of power among you, does he do it out of the works of law or out of the hearing of faith? Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. On God's side, he supplies the Spirit bountifully. On our side, we receive the Spirit. Day by day, a marvelous divine transmission takes place. God supplies and we receive. The way to open ourselves to this heavenly transmission to receive the supply of the all-inclusive life-giving Spirit is to exercise our spirit to pray and call on the Lord. Scripture and Commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit recoveryversion.org. My name is Mike Lynch. I'm a believer, and I received the Lord in a home in Memphis, Tennessee. And I recently moved to Tallahassee, Florida, well, just a few years ago. 
in Acts 2.46, when the apostles st started meeting together, the believers first started meeting together, they met in homes, and it said day by day from house to house. And this really affected me because I myself received the Lord and had my beginning of following the Lord in a home. Anyway, uh, I, I would just like to say this to believers. This is another way other than meeting in a large church building. And if you are interested in this, would you please call and leave a message at 850-692-9558. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. And um, I promised you to give you some resources, so I hope you're getting ready to jot down uh, some good places that you can get online and call to. I think you'd really uh, get the help. And one of them, uh, our friend uh, Mike Lynch just mentioned, is the meaningfulness in his life of uh, meeting house to house, like it talks about in Acts chapter 2, our original uh uh, predecessors in the faith found very meaningful. If you would like to uh, meet some neighbors who would invite you over to their home or be willing to come to your home, whatever your your preference is, uh, you can leave a message at a special voicemail. Just leave your name and your phone number, and we will try to put you together with some other lovers of the Lord Jesus, other folks that want to follow him in a practical daily way. That number is 850-692-9558. 692-9558. Just uh, leave name and number and we will get back with you. If you prefer to use an email, um, the way to connect with other believers in this area is Christian Connect. Tallahassee, Christian Connect Tallahassee at uh, gmail.com. Um, one of the things that uh, we, we did last night at the first session of becoming a whole person, and by the way, let me remind you again, we've got one seat left. If you want it, uh, go to tcctc.org and look for becoming a whole person and uh, claim that seat. Going going almost well you get the point tcctc.org um, um, also we gave uh, each member of the class a my a copy of my favorite study bible it was mentioned a few minutes ago uh, during the break uh, the recovery version which is absolutely nothing to do with alcohol or drug recovery it has to do with recovery of truths truths that have been overlooked through the centuries, misunderstood, misapplied, whatever, and uh, recovering those truths. I find it excellent in terms of its uh, the footnotes and also the accuracy of the translation. And uh, we'll make the same uh, offer to you that we uh, gave everyone in the class last night a free copy. If you would like one, go to BiblesForAmerica.org. That's Bibles, F-O-R, America.org. The postage is already paid for. They'll send you a copy of uh, my favorite study Bible. I have many ones. This is my particular favorite, and I believe you will enjoy it. Uh, if you say, well, that's maybe a little big step for me to start studying the whole Bible or the whole New Testament, uh, let me offer you kind of a nice little uh, 
little uh, vitamin. How about that analogy? Um, if you'd like to start your day with five or ten minutes with the Lord, um, you can sign up for an email that during the night will come to your email address. It will give you a couple of verses of scripture that have been selected and give you a paragraph or two of, of light, of fellowship, of practical application on those verses. Um, and that service is also free. Um, this website is eManna, obviously named after what went on in Exodus, eManna.com. That's E-M-A-N-N-A.com. E-M-A-N-N-A.com. And um, you'll just uh, have a very manageable way to start your day in God's Word. Uh, with some help from folks much more mature probably than uh, you and I, and we need to learn from other believers when it comes to uh, enjoying God more thoroughly, more completely, more accurately. Michael, I think you mentioned earlier that in your journey uh, as a believer and going through uh, the challenge you, you've gone through with losing your uh, your life partner, that uh, God's Word had uh, become to become a greater and greater part of your life. Can you share with us uh, how you learned to uh, enjoy the Bible more and more and more? As I shared earlier, after I had uh, come to know the Lord through reading the Bible, I continued to read the Bible every day. And I had chosen uh, various different ways to read. I read some of the Gospels, some of Psalms. But in 1994, Pastor challenged the church I was attending to read the Bible through in one year. And I did that that year with that church. And it was a very meaningful experience to me. And it was so meaningful I did it the next year and the year after. And I have continued to do that because it's helped me to understand the Bible better. And as I was sharing earlier, to get a good view of the connection and the unity of the Bible between the New Testament and the Old Testament. Everything Jesus talked about in the New Testament, if you read it through, you'll find in the Old Testament. God is one. He is united. There's no division in his word. Amen. It sounds different in the Old Testament, maybe from the New Testament, but it's all there. Mm -hmm. It's like Paul and James talking about works versus faith. They're not in disagreement. They're approaching it from a different direction. They're very much in the same teaching in the same truth. Mm -hmm. Well, the same thing with the Old Testament and the New Testament is God's mm -hmm. truth. But it's helped me to read it through on a regular basis. Everyone needs to find their own way of what to study and how to study it. Mm -hmm. This has been a help to me. Wonderful. Wonderful. I, I believe the Lord really wants to recover the Word more and more in the lives of uh, us believers. You know, there was a thousand years I think even secular history calls the Dark Ages, and and the Bible was not available. It, it, you couldn't. You would even, and sometimes it'd be punished. I went to places uh, in uh, Germany uh, during the very early days of the Reformation, um, even across the river in places like Cambridge, and if you were caught with a copy of the Bible, it was confiscated, and they had a fire pit there. Whether it would be burned just to, as a display. Uh, religion kept people away from God's Word. And the amazing thing is, God, in His wisdom and strength, 
carried his word through that very dark period, handwriting it in monasteries for years and years so that we today still have the word of God and the original information that is there. God has very faithful. Even during the dark times, he will walk through and and help you and Michael, carry his word forward. I don't think we have any idea of how wonderful the Lord preserved and protected so you and I could have a copy of God's word here in our hand, carry it around, Absolutely. open it up, read it. Oh, excuse me, you, you do it mechanically, right on your phone? <laughs> Sometimes I read it on the phone, and it's nice to have it there. I do have copies at home. Now that I've is really up. available, right? But that's readily you know? available, and many translations, so mm-hmm. that's a benefit. It, and there, you can just go back, and I, I would love to go back now and study history uh, with this kind of view to see really what was going on, that God was doing things, not just uh, empires and armies and all of those kinds of things. Yeah, you can do that at Tallahassee Christian College, right? You take church history at (laughs) Tallahassee Christian College and you get a good insight and view and the honest truth of the kind of things that happened during those dark periods and how God worked through them. It's just if you're interested in that, that's one source. And I think we would be amazed at uh, how the Lord's hand was re- protecting and even more than that, recovery. I mean, just think, for example, when uh, I guess it was a monk got a copy, a page probably, of the Bible. His name was Martin Luther, and he said, Wow. I think that's what he said. He did. He was <laughs> you really mean, turned I'm, around. I can be justified before the living God, and I don't have to burn candles, jump through hoops, uh, you know, beg uh, whatever. And he saw it by faith, faith in the finished, accomplished work of Christ. That was a recovery. And he was so excited, he risked life and limb by nailing it On the to the door public the door, church. right? That's right. And then you can just probably go, go further and, and then see, you know, here comes uh, King James. I don't know if he really, uh, he probably didn't know all, what all he was doing, but King James says, you know, the Bible needs to be translated into the language of the people. And my grandfather and... Uh, my father and probably your relatives too. You know they treasured the King James version, but the the, ver- the vision was to put God's word in the language of the people, not just Latin. That's correct. You probably have some. Well, uh, I grew folks. up in the church with the Bible and the Latin Mass and everything, and you know having it in my own language where I can understand it is makes all the difference. And you can just oh, I just look forward to going through history that way and seeing God's hand. Here we are today. So free, so blessed, so enriched. Um, I got together, uh, you know, at a coffee shop this week, sat down in public with a dear brother, and we just read the Bible right there in front of God and everybody. <laughs> what an awesome thing to do. What, what, you know, and there's people in the world that don't have that freedom. Maybe billions of them. They don't. They have to hide in their own home to even pull the Bible out of the closet and open it up with fear and trembling. To read God's Word. Well, maybe we believers need to start by repenting, I think the Word says. That just means to turn around, right? Turn around. I think repent means you do a U-turn. Do a U-turn, exactly. <laughs> and say, Lord, uh, thank you for your Word. I want to take advantage of it. I want- and I, I just believe we've probably got a listener today or two that uh, you know really wants a fresh start, a new beginning. Uh, I'm a little leery of resolutions because they don't tend to last very long. But it does say in the Bible, you know, that God's people in the Old Testament had great resolutions of heart. And that just means that we've got the heart to do something different. 
you know? When we want to make a change, we have to do what's necessary. And sometimes just reading the Word is a way to help us reach that change. Yes. And bring, God will bring it about when we faithfully believe in Him and read His Word. He honors that and will answer it in what He does in your life. And I'm a living proof of that. <laughs> well, Michael, I'd like to go back to that prayer you called out when you first were uh, you know, turning yourself to the Lord in kind of a, a desperate way. You said, what? Jesus, help me. <laughs> Romans uh, 8. I'm not exactly sure of the verse, but if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It says it right there. That's Paul right. stated it. Well, that's that's not a fancy religious prayer, but that, yeah. that uh, but it, works. it got gets the job done, right? Yes, sir. Well, I want to give our listeners some encouragement that what you did is actually what uh, is prescribed in the, in the Word all the way back in Isaiah. Isaiah 55, uh, 6 says, Seek Jehovah while he may be found. And then here's a verse that uh, applies to unbelievers, as in, was in the case when you called out, or to believers that just want to draw the Lord into their moment, into their experience, into uh, their, their right now. The rest of that verse, Isaiah 55, 6 says, Call upon him while he is near. Call upon him while he is near. And I appreciate, Michael, that you didn't... Uh, you know, concoct some formal religious prayer. You didn't know what you were doing, but you just like I a was desperate. <laughs> you like a drowning man that uh, just wanted to be saved, right? Exactly. I and I believe the, the Lord's leaking from you. this thing I was trying to wrestle with, and calling on the name of Jesus gave it to me. Well, I've enjoyed our time together, uh, Michael, and I. I promise folks to. Uh, some help. I hope we gave you uh, the good numbers. Don't forget to uh, go to uh, tcctc.org and see if there's an option coming up for you that you might be interested in and you can sign up right there online for the weekend. And we will have more fellowship later on, if God willing, and with uh, Doug Apple's help. Thank you, Doug. The joy of the Lord is my strength.